you're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. Thank you guys for coming. Welcome to Telltale Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about a Trump supporter denying the seriousness of the virus to the bitter end. Then we're going to talk about a Christian who saved us all by commanding the pandemic be utterly abolished. Then we're going to talk about which states have stay-at-home exemptions for church. And finally, we're going to talk about the deep shit Alex Jones is in right now for claiming he has a cure to the virus. But before we get into all that, let's listen to some voices. Hey, this is Owen. If you're comfortable, leave your first name and state at the sound of the tiny truck backing up. My name is Kaylin, and I'm from Louisiana. I wanted to know what you thought about the whole hoarding situation. I work at Idolatry, Tree, so I have to, so I'm like working during this entire thing. I'm just wondering, why do people insist and say, oh, if it's your, your time, your time, God will be watching over you and stuff. And then that also like gets into the how um, people are saying, oh, God will be stretching out his hands to everyone and God will be with you during this entire thing. Yet here I am asking to myself, what kind of God would let this happen? Just like with other things. I just wanted to know what you thought about the whole hoarding, the whole people saying, just rely on God and trust in God to get you through. And I really don't see how that really would help, I guess, rationally. But anyway, thanks for listening. Bye. Interesting you bring this up. Earlier, I saw a tweet from Ken Ham, and in fact, let me actually just pull this up because it's very relevant to what was being said. This is Ken Ham's Twitter. Let me read this tweet that he just put out, like, on April 5th, he put this out. This is a quote from the Bible. I form light and create darkness. I make well-being and create calamity. I am the Lord who does all those things. Isaiah 45, 7. Certainly God is in total control of everything in this universe, and he has allowed this coronavirus situation for his purposes. I do believe it's a warning to a nation that puts to death nearly one million children per year, has told God he's not welcome in schools, rejects nativity scenes and crosses in public places, and has allowed the religion of atheism to be imposed. Okay, now there's more to this tweet thread. Let's just address that. First of all, this whole bit about putting to death nearly one million children per year. I refuse to accept the notion that 150 cells, a blastocyst, an embryo, or anything up to like 10 weeks is a child or a human in any sense. It's complete BS what he's saying here about nearly one million children per year be being put to death. It's complete misrepresentation of the situation. Uh, the next thing he says here, has told God he's not welcome in schools. God is welcome in schools. Nobody ever said children couldn't pray. They are more than welcome to pray to their heart's content. Schools, and more specifically, administration, is not allowed to impose their religious beliefs on the students. If the school was run by Muslim teachers or a Muslim principal... I'd be willing to bet you'd be on our side with this. The next thing he said was, rejects nativity scenes and crosses in public places. Yeah, because I don't want my tax dollars sponsoring your religion. That's my issue with it. And allows the religion of atheism to be imposed. I don't even know what that means. The religion of atheism. What is the religion of atheism? It's a warning to a nation with a lot of churches, but majority of which are lukewarm and compromise God's word in Genesis with man's pagan religion of evolution in millions of years. Oh my God, I really don't know where to start with this. It's a warning to a nation that is at war against the family and promotes sexual perversion through drag queens, LGBT movement, etc. It's a warning to a nation that is at war against children as they permeate their minds with wickedness through education and media. It's a warning to a nation that views the elderly and infirmed as needing to be eliminated. Okay, now, give me a second here. So, this relates to Kaylin's question. God creates a virus that attacks largely older people. 
predominantly. As a warning to people for believing that older people should be eliminated. Let me just step through this logic, okay? According to Ken Ham, people think that older people, the elderly people should be eliminated. So God creates a virus that eliminates older people. I don't really understand. Like, this, this is co so completely nonsensical. The non sequiturs in this abound. Like, this is absolutely ridiculous. And what kind of a monster god does this guy worship that would do something like this? There are ways to communicate that he doesn't like these things way better than killing millions and millions of people. He could just, if God was real, just instantly tell us in our minds, you know, guys, I'm real. This is the true religion. These are the facts. There's no more doubt. There's no more question. You all know now. Why doesn't he do that? Why does he want to send a virus to kill millions of people? Like, there's, there's no sense behind what Ken Ham is saying here. It's just full of propaganda, and it, and it shows his worldview and his perspective and how warped and twisted around it is. It's, it's extremely fascinating and at the same time extremely disappointing. And to get back to Kaylin's question, let me just listen to the last portion of it again. What kind of God would let this happen? What kind of God would let this happen? A monster. That's the kind of God that would let this happen. And what you're asking about is something called the impotence versus evil problem. If God is all-powerful, as Christians claim, then he is evil for, for allowing the suffering that he does. This impotence versus evil problem has been around for a very, very long time in philosophy circles, and there really is no good answer to it. Either God's not all-powerful, or he's not all-good. That's the saying. Either he can solve problems and chooses not to, or he can't solve the problems. Bottom line, I mean, you know how, how many people per year die of starvation in the world? Nine million, roughly. Nine million people in the world die every single year from hunger. Why doesn't God fix that? It's not that we don't have the food. It's a distribution problem, largely. We have the food on this earth. We could feed everybody. We have enough food to feed everybody. It's just we can't distribute it to everybody. There are buildings packed full of canned goods that are expiring today because they just couldn't get them to the places they need to be. Hey, I'm just wondering, you know, it's kind of weird how Christians have so much self-preservation. I mean, wouldn't you think they would go to heaven after they die so they would not try to delay death anyways thank you bye that is a really interesting question uh so basically why do christians have a sense of self-preservation why wouldn't they rather just cut to the chase and get it over with and go to heaven because heaven is supposed to be far better than what we're dealing with here on earth right and the answer to that i think is there is a part of your brain psychologically that resists death at all costs and in some people, that part of the brain has an issue. It may be missing or, or something. And in those cases, you'll find suicide rates are higher in people who have something different than usual in that part of the brain. But people have been trying to kind of counteract that part of the brain for millennia, really. Ever since the concept of heaven has existed, they've been trying to counteract that. It's just not, it's just built into us to want to live at all costs, no matter what. Usually over time, people can convince themselves that they would really rather go to heaven. For example, my grandmother is ready to go to heaven and see her her son, who died probably 30 years ago, or 20, yeah, 20 years ago. He died 20 years ago. She's ready. She's ready to go to heaven and see him. And in some ways, that's good, and in other ways, that's bad. It's disappointing that she would rather it be over here and no longer be here. It's not easy to deal with either way. It's something that I struggle with a lot, personally, that, that a lot of people struggle with, the, the, the knowledge that one day we won't be here. Hey, Kay. Hey, Owen. Uh, this is Alma. I'm from California. Um, 
I'm calling because I wanted to know if you know anything about the church Genesis 2 and his miracle cure MMS. Uh, this is, uh, this has been a resurgence since uh, everything that is happening. And I am kind of worried because drinking bleach is not a cure for anything. So um, maybe if you can check them out. Uh, thank you. Yes, thank you for the call. I actually do know about Genesis 2. I have talked about them briefly before. It's been a long time since I've talked about them. But it's basically this cult that is pushing this... Um, this miracle cure is basically you drink bleach. That's it. They're selling it in these containers. And when tested in a lab, it just shows it's bleach. It's just standard bleach. It's really, really not good. I mean, you've got people peddling things like essential oils. You know, you got Young Living, for example, the company claiming that it cures this thing and that thing. It, it, they've claimed that it cures cancer and all kinds of other stuff. I mean, they're essential oils, is what they're claiming cures cancer. And that in itself is harmful, even if the essential oils are harmless, because you're, you are diverting people's attention away from legitimate cures. You're diverting their attention away from something that could actually help them. I mean, I don't know how many people know this, but Steve Jobs didn't die because he had cancer, exactly. He died of cancer, but... He had an extremely treatable form of cancer, and instead of getting treated, he was eating apricot seeds as a treatment. For like 30 years, this guy had had cancer, and he never did anything about it except for take these apricot seeds. If he had gotten legitimate treatment, Steve Jobs, he would be here today. Instead, his attention was diverted by bullshit miracle cures, just like Young Living Petals, just like Genesis 2 pedals, and he's dead as a result. Here we are. As I was saying, Genesis 2 is a little bit worse than that, I have to say, because their miracle cure will actually kill you, whether you're sick or not. Drinking bleach will kill you. Do not do it. Hey, Telltale slash Owen. I'm the dude who called and left the Mr. Mackey voicemail. I am an extra hopes witness. The reason why I didn't say Kingdom Hall is because I was having a hard time saying Kingdom Hall in Mr. Mackey's voice. So I had to go with church. Just having a bit of fun. I like doing impressions of people, so I figured I would give that a test on you. Anyways, hope you're doing well. Take care. That's funny, yeah. It was a funny voicemail. I appreciate you calling in with that. Uh, I thought it was a funny voicemail anyways. I released it in video form on the podcast channel. People in the comments didn't know if I realized it was a joke or not. It's like, did you watch to the end of the video or did you just listen to the Mr. Mackey impression? Because, I mean, I even put Mr. Mackey in the thumbnail. I don't know how people didn't connect the dots on that. They're like, Telltale, this is a troll. You're an idiot. You don't get it. It's a troll. I don't know. People just didn't get it. Anyways, you're saying you had trouble saying Kingdom Hall in Mr. Mackey's voice. Let me try. Boop. I just came to the Kingdom Hall, okay? I don't know. I don't know. I guess it is kind of hard. Just like the enunciation on that is a little difficult. Just uh, just came from the Kingdom Hall, okay? It, is, that, is that complete garbage? I feel like that was complete garbage. Thank you for the phone call. That, that was a pretty good voicemail that you left me originally. It was actually a pretty popular video, too. But yeah, thank you for calling and clarifying. That's pretty awesome. Hi, Owen. This is Aiden. I'm from Massachusetts. Um... I was outside a subway stop in Boston waiting for a friend a while ago, obviously before the quarantine, uh, and I saw some Jehovah's Witnesses there. I knew I had some time, so uh, I just went over and talked to them for a little bit. Uh, I traveled, I've traveled a little bit, um, and I speak a couple languages, so we, we just kind of talked about that, about where we've traveled and what languages we speak and language learning and things like that. Um, so my question is, do you think I should have pushed them like harder? Should I have totally ignored them? Did I do the right thing by kind of just talking to them as someone who is clearly an outsider in kind of a normal way, um, what what would your advice be in a similar situation? Um, and also, I really love the video you did on if the Jedi were a cult, and so I'm wondering if you've seen Game of Thrones, if you'd want to do a video on if the Faceless Men were a cult, because I think that would be uh, really fun and something I'd enjoy seeing you tackle. Um, thanks for taking my call. Bye. 
That is an interesting question. So let me let me address the first part of that. The question was how do you, how should you interact with Jehovah's Witnesses on the street? And the answer is basically exactly what you did. Try to start out by showing them that you're not a demon that's controlled by Satan. That is the primary goal to start because they believe that people who are oppositional to them are controlled by Satan. If you aren't buying the bullshit they're trying to feed you, it's because Satan is blocking it. That's the whole bit. So show them that you're not controlled by Satan. Show them that you are a nice person, generally speaking, and not aggressive and not trying to attack or anything. And then slowly try poking little holes, asking just little questions, little basic questions. If you're wondering what strategy to use, you could try checking out Anthony Magnabosco or Cordial Curiosity on YouTube. Either of those two YouTube channels are top-notch. They teach street epistemology. It's basically a non-confrontational method of asking questions and pushing back and figuring out why people believe what they believe. And when it all boils down to it with Jehovah's Witnesses, it all comes down to faith. That's what it boils down to. It all, you have no real reason to believe what you believe. You just have to believe it with no evidence. That's basically what faith is, belief without evidence, pretty much. And when it comes down to that, how do you know that your faith is more true than the faith of a Muslim or a Buddhist or anybody else. There's a whole method behind it, and I really recommend you check out one of those two channels if you want to know more about how you should interact with Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, it would be extremely valuable to check that out. I also have a couple of videos on my channel about how to deprogram cult members, so maybe give those a watch. Now, about the second part of your question... You said you really liked the video I did on the Jedi and wondering if I've seen Game of Thrones. The answer is no, I have not. I haven't seen Game of Thrones, unfortunately. I heard it was absolutely phenomenal up to season five, and then it just goes downhill from there. My girlfriend has seen Game of Thrones, was a big fan uh, up until, you know, really, really fucked up with the whole writing situation on that. But... I do like covering fictional cults. I feel like it's a good break from the serious nature of my channel sometimes, you know. I cover some really serious shit sometimes, some really deep shit, and it's not fun all the time to go through some of this. So every now and then I do try to cover something fun. Like, I try to cover the Jedi. I really wanted to do the cult in Far Cry 5. I heard that there's a cult in Far Cry 5. But I never did end up playing it. I never got around to playing Far Cry 5. So if I don't have information on how the cult operates, then I can't really talk about it. Another thing I wanted to cover was Tiger King. I haven't really gotten around to watching that either. At some point, I might. That could be pretty interesting to talk about, too. Hi, Owen. Uh, this is Carter from uh, Texas. and I was wondering if you had ever heard of uh, religious trauma syndrome, and if you had, what were your thoughts on it? Thank you. So a lot of people may know, I actually went to school for psychology. I haven't really talked about it in great detail. Basically, it was a two-year degree in substance abuse counseling. We talked about abnormal behavior, we talked about religious trauma syndrome, and Freud and Carl Jung and a whole bunch of other stuff that's really, really interesting to me. As far as religious trauma syndrome goes, if memory serves, it's a reasonably new diagnosis. It says here, religious trauma syndrome is a function of both the chronic abuses of harmful religion and the impact of severing one's connection with one's faith and faith community. It's a huge shock to the system and one that needs to be recognized as trauma. I would say somebody like me, for example, has religious trauma syndrome because I separated myself completely from my religion and the, the people in my life were part of that religion. But somebody who was just a normal Methodist, you know, standard, not really part of a cult at all, their church was pretty moderate, didn't hate anybody for anything, and they just kind of moved on with their life and went about their day-to-day -day business. I would say they would not be an example of religious trauma syndrome. 
It's a really fascinating concept, and I hope the psychology community addresses it in more detail in the coming years, because I feel like there's a lot there to be studied. Why don't we take a short break? When we come back, we're going to be talking about a Trump supporter denying the seriousness of the virus to the bitter end. So give us 30 seconds and we will be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. The first article I wanted to take a look at is called MAGA cultist who downplayed COVID-19 dies of COVID-19. Now, this is on Hemant Mehta's blog. This is by Hemant Mehta, thefriendlyatheist.com. It was written on April 5th, so let's give it a read and see what it has to say. About two weeks ago, Karen Kolb Selk posted a rant on Facebook claiming the COVID-19 pandemic was media-driven, quote-unquote, and controlled by the radical people in powerful places. She said abortion was far more serious a problem. She declared the government response the beginning of socialism. Oh my God. And she acted like the stock market's crash was part of that plan. Here's here is a quote from her. I, I said this in the last podcast. I'm not going to censor myself. YouTube may actually take the video down mid-sentence. I don't know. We'll see. But either way, I'll, I'm uploading this to the podcast networks also, so I'm not censoring myself. I'm just saying what... I want to say. I try not to live under a rock. However, I also try my best to pay attention to my surroundings. Our government is under attack from within. If you don't believe so, then you probably also believe that this is the first time the coronavirus has been identified. There are like six or ten or something different coronaviruses, actually. Uh, so, no, this isn't the first time it's been identified, or a coronavirus has been identified. This is the first time SARS-CoV-2 has been identified, the novel coronavirus. Think about what's transpired over the last few months. The government has presented every possible demographic, including a self-proclaimed socialist, as a democratic candidate because they fear something they can't control. Okay. First of all, if the U.S. was the only one dealing with this situation, then she might have a little bit more of a case, but this is a world situation right now that the world is dealing with. This is not a localized issue. And even if it were, everything she's saying here is a little ridiculous. Let's keep reading. The impeachment hoax, again, that's Trump's wording right there, the impeachment hoax, Failed and immediately Pelosi vowed to exhaust efforts in overthrowing Trump. If you currently can see this post, then until last week you were living in the most thriving economy this nation has ever seen in my lifetime. Only due to the fact that the person in control couldn't be bought. Oh, really? Trump couldn't be bought, you think? you were? If you believe that, you're a sucker in the truest sense. If you think for one second this pandemic, quote-unquote, is not media-driven and controlled by the radical people in powerful places, well, go back to sleep under the rock you crawled out from. Okay, she posted all of this on March 14th. I'm not really sure how far along in the whole thing we were at that point exactly. I don't remember if Trump was calling it a hoax at that moment or not. I think he was. I don't think he actually recognized it as legitimate as a legitimate issue until later in March. Uh, let, let me continue reading what she said here. This thing has killed less people in the same time frame than cigarettes, cancer, drunk driving, domestic violence, car crashes, cross-stitching accidents, joking on the last one, but probably close, stabbings, overdoses, and please don't get me started on abortion. Yeah, that may be the case, or may have been the case at that time. The scary thing about it is the fact that, for one thing, it spreads through the air. It's not airborne exactly, but when people talk it or breathe or cough or sneeze, it gets out into the air attached to vapor par particles, basically, vapor particles, and it sits in that space for hours. Anything that you touch can transmit the virus that way. And not only that, but they think that half the people who are infected are asymptomatic, which means when you get sick, it is too late. When you get sick, it means you've probably been transmitting it for about a week, maybe more. 
already. You don't even have to be sick. You don't even have to show signs that you're sick to be transmitting it. That is one of the scariest things about it. Now, the mortality rate isn't extremely high. It's very, very high. But there are diseases with higher mortality rates. The problem is that it's so transmissible that even having a low mortality rate, it completely overwhelmed our healthcare system. Not just the US either, Italy, China, all kinds of places. Their healthcare systems have been overwhelmed because of the massive number of people catching this. And that means the mortality rate goes up, not because of the disease or because we can't treat it, but because our hospitals are full. There are people sitting in the hallways of hospitals. They can't be treated. We don't have the equipment. We don't have the masks we need to treat people. That's the scary part about this whole thing. Let me continue reading. Wake up. This is what the beginning of socialism looks like. I don't know why people keep freaking out about socialism. For one thing, Bernie Sanders is not a socialist. By the definition of the term, Bernie Sanders doesn't believe in the government controlling the means of production and supply. Now, he's a social democrat, which means he believes in some social programs like, for example, social security or single-payer health care. But it's not, he's not a socialist. He doesn't believe the government should control the means of production and supply. I think what she's probably talking about is communism more than socialism, though. When people like this are talking about you know, extreme regimes like that. They're not talking about socialist regimes. They're talking about communist regimes. There is a difference between the two. Let's continue reading. Wake up. This is what the beginning of socialism looks like. They're controlling what you buy because it's what you think you need, where you go, because it's where they tell you not to go and how to live, because you now fear the very existence of anything outside of your home and control. They're leading with fear, causing you to panic like sheep. Oh my God. They're crashing the stock market to run on a failing economy because it's all they have left. What is this saying to all of the countries that have opposed us for decades but couldn't defeat us? It's saying biological warfare will make these idiots glued to CNN and every other liberal news source panic and run for the hills. You don't need hand sanitizer, toilet paper, and Lysol. You need common sense, a sense of direction, faith, a will to fight, and of course guns. Oh my god, that is extremely scary what this person is saying. Now wash your hands and live the life they don't want you to have. America, Trump 2020. That's disturbing. The mindset behind this person is extremely disturbing. This is a quote from what this person just said, you don't need hand sanitizer, toilet paper, and Lysol. You need common sense, a sense of direction, faith, a will to fight, and of course, guns. Back to the article. This was the response to it, basically. Selk died this week, apparently of COVID-19. I'm very sorry to hear that. I don't want to see anybody die from this or anything else. As few deaths as possible, ideally, even for the nutcases. I don't want anyone to die. A GoFundMe page on her behalf explained how she tested positive for the virus and it caused her to go into kidney failure and septic shock. But perhaps after her hypocrisy came to light, the page was revised to remove those references before being disabled altogether, maybe to avoid comments. The screenshots live on. So these are the screenshots from the GoFundMe page. March 14th, posted COVID-19 hoax, anti-socialism rant on Facebook. April 2nd, died of COVID-19, family asking for GoFundMe donations. I post this not to mock Karen Kolb-Shelk's death, but to underscore the tragic risk one takes when taking this pandemic for granted. I cannot possibly agree more with that. We have to take this seriously. And acting like a nutcase and downplaying the severity or danger is not good. It's not, it's not the smart choice. And no... The COVID-19 case of Karen Kolb-Shelk isn't itself a hoax. The following link is to her original Facebook post, and you can read the news of her death in the comments with proof. For skeptics who asked for further proof this isn't a hoax, I get it. It's just too on the nose that a Trump supporter named Karen died of the liberal hoax she dismissed in a Facebook post days earlier. It speaks volumes that it's so unbelievable, yet real. Once again, I'm very sorry for Karen Schelk. I'm sorry that she died of this. 
I'm sorry that anybody is dying from this. It's really, really heartbreaking, and I hope that her family can find some peace from this, and I hope people can learn from it. I hope that her family and the people who see this story learn from this and understand that this is to be taken seriously. This is not a joke, you know? Back to the article. As that Twitter user rightly says, the point isn't to mock someone's death. It's to emphasize how serious this pandemic is. The people trying to defend Trump's irresponsibility by downplaying the virus aren't just hurting themselves. They could hurt all of us. Stop listening to them and stop voting for Republicans. It's a matter of public health at this point. Could not agree with that more. It's very disturbing. Let's take another short break. When we come back, we're going to take a look at a Christian who saved us all by commanding the pandemic be utterly abolished. So give us 30 seconds and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. This next article is also by Hemant Mehta. The title is Christian Prophetess, I Command the Pandemic to be Utterly Abolished. This one's a little bit short, but we're going to use it to transition into some other information. So let's give it a read. Christian Prophetess, I Command the Pandemic to be Utterly Abolished by Hemant Mehta, March 28th. You know what will rid the world of COVID-19? Not a vaccine, not global self-quarantining, just self-described prophet Kathy DeGraw who scared the virus into submission with her recent article for Charisma. This is a quote. I command every disease agent, virus, and pandemic to be utterly abolished, completely done. I order, direct, and command every disease and spirit of infirmity operating through this virus and pandemic to dissolve and disappear in the name of Jesus. I speak and announce that we are covered in the blood of the Lamb, and by his stripes we are healed. Oh, that sounds disgusting. Do we have to be? Can I just dip my toes in? I'd rather not be covered in it. That That's going to stain everything I'm wearing. I am wearing clothes when we do this, right? I hope. I don't want to be naked getting the blood of the lamb all over me. It sounds so gross. Every dark force operating and fueling the spirit of destruction, death, and illness over this world, I annihilate your powers. I bind and restrict you. I prevent you from infiltrating more human bodies. I instruct, direct, and order you to be paralyzed, unable to function or further move forward in the name of Yeshua Messiah Jesus. Yeshua is actually the original Hebrew um, pronunciation of Jesus. I don't Jays didn't even exist until like the 1600s or something like that. So I find it really weird that we use Jesus at all. It's Yeshua, not Jesus. Anyway, let me continue reading. I command sickness and disease attempting to infiltrate my body to cease and desist of your assignment. I proclaim you will suspend every demonic activity against me in Jesus' name. These people are absolutely unhinged from reality. Back, This is uh, from Hemant Mehta. Somehow the hospitals are still running out of beds. I don't understand. She also prayed to save the financial system, and yet the stock market doesn't seem to care. Maybe God can't hear, and she just needs to pray in all caps. That's funny. That's pretty good. I've noticed, like, a lot of Christian preachers and stuff, like, proclaiming the virus over. It's just, we're done. That's it. I've healed everybody in the nation. They must realize they're not actually healing anybody, right? They're going to be proven to be charlatans when they do that. Why are they doing this? I don't understand. I do not get it. So I'll take this opportunity to transition us into the next story. This is actually by CNN. Here's a look at what states are exempting religious gatherings from stay-at-home orders. There are a couple of problems going on at this immediate moment. It's like a snapshot in time during this massive historic event. Only some states have issued stay-at-home orders. Only some states are closing businesses and things like that. There are still states out there that are operating as usual. In fact, I think Florida just now closed their beaches. They just now issued a stay-at-home order, like today or yesterday or something like that. But they're exempting all of these groups, 
all of these companies and businesses, they're exempting them. People don't realize how serious this is. And the U.S. is saying this is going to be the worst week in the lives of most Americans. So let me just read this article and see what it says. Again, it's by CNN, and it's basically just a list of states that exempted religious gatherings. Officials from the healthcare and federal and state governments have promoted social distancing as a powerful tool in the fight against the virus. But of the 39 states that have implemented stay-at-home orders, 12 make exceptions for religious gatherings. Now, this article was written on April 2nd, okay? So this was three days before this podcast publicly aired. A revival held at a church resulted in an outbreak of the virus in Hopkins County, Kentucky, and the governor reminded the public Wednesday that those exercising the exemptions still hold the responsibility to take precautions to the virus. The ramifications when we don't follow this end up being widespread and they hurt people that didn't make that choice, said Governor Andy Bashir. Let's make sure that we're responsible in the choices we make to protect those around us. Here's a list of the states that still allow some form of religious gatherings during the stay-at-home orders. Arizona. Religious services are exempt as an essential activity because worship is protected under the First Amendment of the Constitution. However, the exemption specifies that the services are exempt as long as they provide appropriate physical distancing to the extent feasible. Okay, so Arizona's reasoning behind the the exemption for religious services is because it's protected under the First Amendment. Well, guess what? My right to go to a restaurant is also protected. I'm allowed to do whatever I want. The government has no legal right to tell me not to go outside, but they are because it's for public safety, and I am more than happy to go with it. I understand what is at stake here. I understand how serious this is and how important it is that I don't get sick so that I don't give it to somebody else. The idea that people are like, well, we can't un infringe on people's rights is completely absurd to me. Do you understand how serious this is? Do you understand how many people are going to die because you wanted to join your book club? Give me a break. Worship God from your living room. I had a friend who used to tell me church isn't here in a building it's here in your heart if that's true if you believe that that's true you should stay home and if you don't believe that's true if you believe that it is in a building you're gonna get us all killed you idiot anyway that's arizona let's continue reading this is colorado the state allows houses of worship to stay open as long as they're using an electronic platform or are practicing social distancing Services from religious leaders are also allowed for individuals in crisis or for end-of-life services. See, this is what I find extremely fascinating about this. Jehovah's Witnesses ended public gatherings long before Trump or any other state told them to. I think the CDC recommended limiting gatherings to a certain number of people, but Jehovah's Witnesses were on top of it long before that. They had already set up a whole system with Zoom where they were going to hold the meetings on Zoom and people could do it remotely. No more gathering. I got to watch my words carefully here. Why can't other churches be more like Jehovah's Witnesses on this? Seriously, these people are going to get other people killed and it's so extremely sad. Let's continue reading. Delaware, along with social advocacy, business, professional, labor, and political organizations, religious organizations are exempt. Florida. Florida's been really awful in this whole thing. They s took way too long to shut things down. And same with Georgia. The state recognizes attending a church, synagogue, or house of worship as an essential activity, along with caring for loved ones, pets, and recreational activities that comply with social guidelines. Kentucky. Kentucky makes an exemption for life-sustaining business, I guess like grocery stores and stuff like that, and religious organizations that provide food, shelter, social services, and other necessities of life for people disadvantaged or in need because of the pandemic. However, the organizations must social distance as much as possible, including ending in-person retail. People seem to think if you stay six feet away from others, then you're 100% safe. That's just not factual. It can travel up to 20 feet. It can stay in the air for hours. The social distancing thing is going to reduce the infection rate, 
but it's not going to stop it. If somebody has the virus and they're talking to you from six feet away, you're going to get it. You need to, if you're in public, you need to shut your mouth. Don't talk to anybody. Don't let them talk to you. Just go about your business, do what you need to do and get home. That's pretty much what it is right now. If you're on the street, don't bother staying six feet away from people. Stay inside. Don't try to distance yourself by six feet. Just stay away completely. So let me, uh, let me read the next one. Michigan. Michigan also makes exceptions for operations, religious and secular, that provide necessities for those in need. The state also does not subject places of worship to penalties for breaking orders when they're used for religious worship. See this list of states here? Got Arizona, Colorado, Delaware, Florida, Kentucky, Michigan, New Mexico, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Texas, West Virginia, my state, and Wisconsin. They're likely going to have it the worst out of any states during this pandemic because they're acting like fools. Now, some states like West Virginia, North Carolina are very rural and sparsely populated and not very dense generally. So I think that some of these states on the list may make it out in a better position than others. Uh, Michigan is pretty densely populated in some areas, so they may get hit pretty hard. But the people on this list, the states on this list are going to get hit really, really hard if they don't get their shit together and understand that meeting in person is a bad fucking idea. I understand if you want to take part in your book club, church, fine. Do it on Zoom. Do it on some kind of online platform. Don't do it in person. Six feet isn't enough. This whole thing just bothers me. I don't know what people are thinking. They're not taking this seriously enough. I've turned into a germaphobe in the truest sense for the next six months. After that's over, I will reassess my position on germaphobia. Until then, I'm going to be washing my hands habitually, wearing face masks when I go out, and only going out for necessary things like shopping or something like that. Oh, people are outrageous. Okay, I'll tell you what. Let's take another short break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about Alex Jones. So give us about 30 seconds and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. I'm sure you guys know who Alex Jones is by this point. Alex Jones is this serious conspiracy theorist, and he's super religious, and he's actually really well-connected. He knows Trump, and he knows, like, Joe Rogan and a bunch of people who are pretty high up. He runs this network called InfoWars. It used to be on YouTube and Spotify and iTunes and all these other places, well, not long ago, they actually uh, they removed Alex Jones from YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, and a bunch of other places for spreading conspiracy theories and actually doing serious damage. It was this whole uh, it was about the whole Sandy Hook thing. He said they were crisis actors and it was faked and all this stuff, and he got sued by the families for it and everything, rightfully so. So after he gets kicked off of these platforms. He really poured all of his resources into his own platform, the InfoWars website. And it seems to have been worked, it seems to have worked out for him. I'll say that. But there was one more platform that he was still on that hadn't really kicked him off yet. And that was Google Play. The Google Play Store still listed his uh, InfoWars app on there until very recently just in the past like week or two i think he got kicked off of the platform because he was spreading some coronavirus misinformation basically so he was doing the same thing weirdly that a bunch of preachers have been doing spreading this cure with silver in it why is this such a popular thing Jim Baker did it, Alex Jones has done it now, and I think Kenneth Copeland did it too. What is it with these charlatans selling colloidal silver? Why is this so popular among charlatans? Can't they sell essential oils or something instead? I don't get it why they've all swarmed to this one bullshit product. Anyway, let's, let's read this article and see what it says. 
The title is Alex Jones peddled a fake coronavirus cure that can turn people's skin permanently blue. This is on QZ.com. It was written by Hannah Kozlowska. March 14th is when it was written. So it's been a little while now. Let's give it a read. New York State Attorney General Letita James has ordered right-wing conspiracy theorist Alex Jones to stop making misleading claims about supposed coronavirus cures sold on his website, InfoWars. The Attorney General's office is extremely concerned about Jones hawking these products on his online show, it said in a cease and desist letter dated March 12th. The products include a nano-silver toothpaste, which Jones said kills the whole SARS corona family at point-blank range. There is no medical evidence behind these claims. In fact, the FDA and the National Institute of Health, NIH, say colloidal silver is not safe to use and can even cause argyria, a bluish-gray skin discoloration that's typically permanent. This is what happens if you use Alex Jones's toothpaste or Jim Baker's silver soul. It does not, it has not been proven to kill the virus, but it has been proven to turn you blue. Anyway, let's continue reading. As the coronavirus continues to pose serious risks to public health, Alex Jones has spewed outright lies and has profited off of New Yorkers' anxieties, said Attorney General James in a statement. Such misrepresentations are illegal, according to New York law. Jones opened his March 7th show by saying that the coronavirus is synthetic and man-made. Of course he did. And clearly a globalist Chicom, Chinese communist plot. I've never heard that term before. In the past... He's also claimed that the Sandy Hook Elementary School situation that left 26 dead was a staged hoax. Yeah, and he got in a lot of trouble for that, rightfully so. InfoWars was not immediately available for comment. A product on the InfoWars page that contains Silver Soul, one of the fake coronavirus cures, has a disclaimer on the purchase page, but it's not clear when the note was added. The products on this page are not treatments for any disease. They are not for use in the cure, treatment, prevention, or mitigation of any disease. But one of the colloidal silver products is still advertised on the InfoWars website as a massive banner. Uh, with a massive banner. InfoWars has long sold alternative medicine products claiming miraculous health benefits, and many others are trying to cash in on the public health crisis by selling colloidal silver products and other fake cures. The state of Missouri sued televangelist Jim Baker for peddling silver soul products as a coronavirus medication, and the FDA sent warning letters last week to seven companies that were making similar claims. Misleading and false statements about the coronavirus have flooded social media in recent weeks, making it all the more crucial to only trust credible sources like the World Health Organization and country-specific public health departments, like the U.S. CDC. Yeah, uh, sound advice. I just find it really, really strange that all of these charlatans have latched on to the exact same product. Like, they could be selling tea tree oil or lavender or whatever and marketing it as a cure for this. Why did they all pick Silver Soul when it's not been demonstrated to have any kind of useful effect on this or on anything except for turning your skin blue why pick this why not pick something that's not harmful in any way as it is silver soul is actually harmful it just doesn't make any sense it's like i was talking about earlier on the podcast about the genesis 2 cult using bleach to cure people why not pick something that's legitimately not going to harm people? Why pick something that's actually really, really harmful? There was another article about this on The New Yorker. The title is Alex Jones's Bogus Coronavirus Cures. It was written March 30th, and it was written by Andrew... Marantz. So let's give it a read and see what this one says. On March 6th, government officials in Austin, Texas canceled South by Southwest because of COVID-19. Although the cancellation would surely save lives, it would also, the festival's organizers said in a statement, take a toll on hundreds of small businesses. But at least one small business in Austin did not let the crisis go to waste. InfoWars is a group of websites, a news blog, quote-unquote, audio and video feeds, an online store founded by Alex Jones, the nation's most prolific disinformation agent who does not hold elective office. Huh, I love it. That was really interesting. Well said. I didn't know Jones was in Austin. 
though. That that actually kind of surprises me. I had no idea he was in Austin, Texas. Okay, let's continue reading. One of Jones's most prominent fans, Donald Trump, once told him on air, your reputation is amazing. <laughs> I don't think so. In a video broadcast a day after South by Southwest was called off, Jones and a guest speculated that the reason was not concerned for public safety, but rather a psyop, a psychological operation to sow panic and consolidate government power. Okay. Controlling people is a stopgap, Jones said. Let me see if I can do it in his voice. Controlling people's a stopgap. But having antivirals, getting your immune system healthy, that's the answer. And yes, folks, we sell great antivirals. That, that's actually kind of painful to do for an extended period of time. I wonder if Jones's throat hurts when he talks. I, probably not. Probably from all the silver soul he's drank in his life. <laughs> that his voice does that. Jones is best known for his paranoid rants, which have brought him some revenue in the form of online ads, but he makes most of his income as a snake oil salesman. The InfoWars store sells hundreds of products from nutraceuticals, nutraceuticals to tactical pens to survival food, dried beans and the like, perfect for stocking a bunker. Much like Jim Baker's bonus buckets, I guess bonus baker bonus buckets i don't know if you guys heard of those it was basically jim baker would sell these giant bonus buckets that were really expensive and he claimed the food inside of these buckets would last for like 30 years or something perfect for the apocalypse uh let me continue reading for the past few weeks nearly every food item has been sold out a note on the site read our expanded team is focusing on and will deliver the tens of thousands of orders already in our queue as we work diligently through this national emergency together. Wow, that sucks for Jones that he's got a back order right now. Uh, I know what that's like, where 20, 30, 40, 50 people order something in one day and you just don't have the capacity to fulfill it in time. It's rough. And the resulting problem is you can scale up your business to meet the demand, but once the surge ends, what are you going to do with all of the growth? You're just, you know, sitting around with all of these extra supplies around and all of these extra, all this extra equipment. What are you going to do with it once the surge is over? Rapid growth is not good, uh, like we're seeing here. This is hoarding and panic buying. Hoarding and panic buying, you would think, is good for companies that are selling things, but it's not actually good for companies who are selling things. It means that their workforce is going to be strained and stressed and their time is going to be stretched out. And when they grow to meet demand, they're not going to have any use for the growth that they made during that time when the panic buying and hoarding is over. Anyway, let's continue. Many of Jones's health and wellness products contain colloidal silver. Why? I don't get it. What is special about colloidal silver that makes people use this garbage? All it does is turn your skin blue. That is it. Maybe they're trying to capitalize off of each other's claims. Like maybe Jones is like, you know what? That Jim Baker and that Kenneth Copeland have been claiming that colloidal silver does all this stuff. And he's had these doctors on, quote unquote, doctors on his show to claim that they do all this special stuff. So people are going to be revved up and primed to believe it when I tell them I have the same stuff. I bet that's what it is. They're trying to piggyback off of each other's claims, probably. Many of Jones's health and wellness products contain colloidal silver. Super silver whitening toothpaste, super silver wound dressing gel, wound dressing gel, ABL nano silver gargle. Colloidal silver has only one known effect on the body. If you take too much of it, your skin might turn blue. Still, disaster prepper types have long touted it as a cure for viral ailments, from HIV to the common cold. This stuff kills the whole SARS corona family at point blank range, Jones said on a live stream on March 10th. It kills every virus. No, it doesn't. It doesn't do shit. Honestly, I find it interesting that they're making antiviral claims about it because when I was a kid, my mom was a total homeopath. I had a homeopathic doctor and everything. She was even kind of an anti-vaxxer, although eventually I did get my vaccines because it was illegal for me not to, basically. And so she just went with it. But we used colloidal silver too when i was little my skin may actually be a little bit blue from it i don't think i used that much probably not enough to make it turn blue but we used it for ear infections anytime we had an ear infection we'd put a little colloidal silver up in that bad boy anyway let's continue reading here jones said in a live stream on march 10th it kills every virus this is not true 
On March 6th, the FDA had issued an open letter warning there currently are no vaccines, pills, potions, lotions, lozenges, or other prescription or over-the-counter products available to treat or cure coronavirus disease. Jones was only one of many opportunists advertising bogus coronavirus cures. Jim Baker, the televangelist who is also selling a colloidal silver gel on Facebook, Vivify Holistic Clinic advertised a very strong bone set tea. Never heard of bone set tea. I'm glad that the government is cracking down on this stuff. I really feel bad for Alex Jones, truly. Like, there's this question that people ask. Does Alex Jones know he's lying? It's just like the question about Jehovah's Witnesses governing body members. Do they know they're lying? Do they know they're full of it? And they're just, they're intentionally scamming people? Or do they buy their own bullshit? It's the age-old question. Does the scam artist really know they're scamming people, or do they believe it too, if they bought their own propaganda? That question was asked about Jehovah's Witnesses governing body members of Ray Franz. Somebody asked Ray Franz's question. Now, he is an ex-governing body member. He died, I think, in 2010 or something, but he left the religion in the 80s. He was a governing body member before that, and he left and wrote this book called Crisis of Conscience. And in that book, he answered the question, do you think the governing body members know what they're doing and are just intentionally setting out to scam people? Or do you think they buy their own bullshit? And his answer was, he thought that there may be the odd person here or there, like the odd governing body member or the odd elder or governing body member helper, who knows what they're doing is a scam and is doing it anyways. But largely, he believes that they, they buy their own propaganda. And he was better positioned than pretty much anybody in the world to answer that question because he was a governing body member. He worked with these people every day. He was in the writing department for like years and years. He was a part of the religion since like the early 1910s or something like that, or the early 1920s. So he was well positioned to answer that question. And the fact that he says he thinks they buy their own bullshit is enough for me. I agree with him. I think the governing body members of Jehovah's Witnesses buy their own bullshit, and they believe what they're preaching. And it's the same with Alex Jones. He famously went to court to fight for his kids and was kind of pushed into saying he's an actor. He doesn't really believe the things that he claims and stuff like that. But I think he does. I think he does believe it. I think he believes the things that he says. Because you can watch Alex Jones from 10 years ago, from 8 years ago, 6 years ago, 4 years ago... And you can watch him become progressively more and more radicalized over the years. Like, he didn't start out this way. He got more and more bizarre as time went on. I really think Alex Jones is just self-radicalizing and buys his own BS. I think he believes what he's saying, which is really sad. I feel bad for the guy. I wish there was something I could say to Alex Jones to snap him out of it, you know? Unfortunately, it's just a lost cause. As sad as it is, it's a lost cause for a lot of cult members. A lot of people with cult-like mindsets like that. There's just no helping them. As, as sad as that is, there's no helping some people. But I've said this before, even knowing that there's no saving some people... I try to enter into every situation assuming that I can. I feel like I have to assume that every person is redeemable. And that's how I approach the justice system. And that's how I think everybody should approach the justice system and interactions on a wider societal basis. You should assume that everybody is redeemable, even if they aren't. Let's get to some super chats um, before we get off of here. Zolfner's back. Welcome back, Zolfner. Thanks for coming. $2. Trump slash Jones 2020. Who's Jones? 
Are you talking about Alex Jones? Trump, Alex Jones? Oh my God, that would be a mess. Holy hell, would that be messy. Oh God, please no. You're trash right now. Thank you, Zolfner. I appreciate that. We've established that Zolfner has been watching my channel for a very long time. Is also a Republican, Trump supporter. Not my cup of tea, but I appreciate you being here. Completely disagree with you fundamentally from the from the ground up. But again, thank you for being here. <laughs> Thanks for the super chats. And I suspect you don't really think I'm trash. So Leah Bryant, please make a playlist for NIFB content like you have for Jehovah's Witnesses, Scientology, etc. Also, would you please do a bite model analysis of my local NIFB preacher, Grayson Fritz? He's similar to Steven Anderson. I know of Grayson Fritz, actually. I've seen some things by Grayson Fritz. I heard that Leah Bryant was ex-NIFB. I'm so glad to hear that you're out of it now. It's really, really good news. And I'm amazed you escaped, honestly. Like, that mindset gets its claws in you, and it does not let go. It's like Jehovah's Witnesses. I'm amazed you got out. I'm amazed I got out. So I'm glad you're out. And I'm sorry you had to deal with it for as long as you did. I should do some information on Grace and Fritz and the NIFB again. It's been a long time since I've done anything on the NIFB. So thank you for the super chat. That's awesome. Evan Inge, religion of atheism. Sounds like TV channel of off or the color of clear. The hobby of not collecting stamps or the hair color of bald. I like that one too. The hair color of bald. You're right. That's pretty on point. We have little faith. Welcome back, We Have Little Faith. Haven't seen you in a while. Voice 2 did nothing wrong. You're lying. That is a lie, and you know it's a lie. Oh, God, I gotta come up with an Alex Jones-style conspiracy theory. You're the deep state, aren't you? <clears throat> Let's see if I can do it my Alex, in my Alex Jones voice. You're the deep state. This is the deep state talking. Well, I'll tell you what. We're coming for you. We're not gonna let you win. It's over! Thank you, We Have Little Faith. I appreciate it. Evan Inge again. Gotta chime in. Voice 2 did nothing wrong. You are incorrect, good sir. Voice 2 seriously fucked up. And the fact that you're trying to cover up for them should show how deeply Voice 2 fucked up. Uh, let's see. Zolfner again. I can't remember if I told you you are bad. You did tell me that. Uh, keep telling me. I might believe you one of these times. Jacob Palermo. If you believed in God, which do you think it would be? Not all powerful or not all good. Which would you rather? Why can't God just snap his fingers and either save everyone or kill all the bad people? Uh, that's a good question. I would say I'd rather them be not all powerful. I would rather them be in incapable of fixing the problems, but be very human in the admission that they can't fix the problems. At that point, we can work together. We can fix the problems together. We can put what power this individual has to good and, and we can work it out. But if they're not all good, if they are actually evil, it, like if they're all powerful but choose not to, that's not somebody I want to be associated with. It's just absolutely disgusting that a god would allow all of the suffering to go on in the world like he does. So anyway, thank you for the super chat. It's an interesting question, actually. Zolfner, also you be looking cute today. Become by, please. I appreciate that. I'm wearing my glasses today. I don't usually wear my glasses for the podcast. I just didn't feel like putting in my contacts. So thank you. Uh, don't hold your breath on the bye thing. We have little faith again. My friend said March was the longest month. I told her it's still March until all of this is over. Today is March 36th. Oh, 2020 is an ugly year. I will tell you that much right now. Zolfner, get naked with the blood, sir. The people want. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I think I'll pass on the blood of the lamb. I'm, I'm. That's going to be a no for me, dog, as Randy Jackson would say. I think I'm good on that one. The Gatheist, read the ingredients on the Sour Patch Kids bag. Sugar, invert sugar, corn syrup, modified corn starch, contains less than 2% of tartaric acid, citric acid, natural and artificial flavor, yellow 6, red 40, yellow 5, blue 1. I actually went to school for um, chemistry for like two semesters or something like that, so I, I learned a little bit about the pronunciation of you know, certain chemicals, things like that. Let's see. Evan Inge, do it in an Alex Jones voice. This is going to hurt my throat. I hope you guys know I'm not going to be able to talk for like a week. Sugar. Invert sugar. Corn syrup. Modified corn starch. Contains less than 2% of tartaric acid. Uh, I, I can't get the exact raspiness of it down. Citric acid. Natural and artificial flavor. Yellow 6, red 40. Yellow 5, blue 1. There you go. God, I can't talk now. 
Let's see. Dude, come live in LA. Most influencers fake it. Oh, I'm wondering what that one was in reference to. F off, dude. You'd love my tea. Give me five minutes alone. You'll be by. Okay. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good on that. I'm happy the way I am. Uh, that's, that is funny though. I actually, I've been seriously considering moving to New York City. I really, really like how California has been handling this situation. I think I mostly agree with Californians politically, ideologically. They're very science driven and things like that. I really like what they're doing there. But I love New York City, man. New York City is an awesome place, just full of people. I mean, it's just a breeding ground for pandemics. If you are trying to avoid pandemics, then you want to avoid New York City. But it is an awesome place, seriously. I'm very seriously thinking about moving there in the next year or something, so time will tell. Anyway, I appreciate you guys giving this a listen. I guess that's where I'm going to end it for the night. Thank you guys for coming, and I will talk to you next week. If you like what I do and you want to make sure I can continue to do it, you can support me in a few ways. First, you can support me on Patreon. That's probably the best way. But if you want to get something back for your support, you can check out my Teespring. I sell all kinds of shirts and stickers and stuff on there. Second, you can support me by checking out my Etsy store. I sell 3D printed stands for every system from the original Nintendo to the Xbox One. And finally, if you want to support me in other ways, you can check me out on my other channels. I have the podcast channel, which is where I talk about whatever's on my mind. Politics, social issues, whatever. You can also find it everywhere podcasts can be found. Or you can check out the videos on my main channel where I focus on destructive cults. As it is with most channels these days, I rely on the support of viewers like you to keep my channel alive, so sharing my work is extremely helpful. Anyways, check me out in all those places if you haven't already. Thanks for listening, guys.